Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Appreciate it. And thanks for everybody that's online. We're so glad that you've tuned in with us. And we're excited just for this opportunity to be able to minister to you and hopefully stir your heart of faith. And actually, before we get started into today's message, let us just take a moment to pray, if you will. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together. God, we thank you that we have become the church in a unique way. And God, as we come together, whether we're listening online or wherever it might be, God, we thank you that you are stirring hearts, that you're reminding us of your faithfulness. And God, more than anything, we ask you right now that in this day, we are having a no-so experience with you. And God, we give you all the praise and all the thanks in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Well, once again, thank you for coming and thank you for tuning in. We're just uh, counting it a privilege and an honor in these times in which we're living and just a, a time when everybody's heart is full of fear. And so in just preparing for this message, uh, I just began to think and reflect back when I was just a, a young boy. And I began to think of this particular time that uh, when I was probably about the age of three or four, uh, we lived in an apartment complex and there were several that were uh, separate units by themselves. And then behind the apartment complex was a big yard and so uh, my dad would oftentimes take me out there and we would just have time playing in the back of, uh, of the apartments there and one particular time when we were out there there was a woman from another uh, complex she came out with her dog and it was a beautiful iris setter and it was uh, extremely loving it was uh, just a, a very friendly dog but for me being three or four years old and I saw that iris setter to me, it looked like a giant. And all of a sudden, as I'm out there in the yard, I'm, I'm finding myself uh, quite a distance from my father, and I see this Irish shedder starting to run at me, and I start running towards my dad. And I hear my dad say, say off in the distance, run! And I'm running as fast as my little legs will go. And wouldn't you know it, that Irish shedder caught up to me before I could catch my dad. And the Irish shedder lunged at me and tackled me, and I'm on the ground, and he's just all over me, licking me and was wanting to play like I said he was extremely friendly but I'm telling you that made a mark on me because when I saw that dog coming at me this thing looked huge and ever since then or as a child it caused me to be fearful of that neighbor's dog and so as time would have it, you know, we would go back outside and we would be playing again and the woman, she would come outside with her dog and uh, I would see it off in the distance she, and she would come over and she would begin to talk to us and all the while that dog would come up and be sniffing around and I was fearful. I was afraid even though that dog was friendly. But I found myself starting to get behind my dad and as long as I had my dad to hold on to, even in the midst of being afraid, there was a comfort and there was a peace that I had because my father was with me. You see, when we talk about the subject of faith, faith is not absence of fear. It's actually in the presence of fear that faith can arise and faith can be stirred up. And I pray that in this message, this, this time that we're together, that we'll be able to encourage your faith in the midst of 
times that are scary and times that seem like they're uncertain, but to remind you of a father that loves you and that you can find calm and peace and comfort knowing that he's right there with you in the midst of some fearful opportunities and fearful times that maybe seem to be overwhelming in our lives. If we can, I want to just bring you back to the book of of beginnings to remind you of a story concerning the first family. And it's in the book of Genesis, and we find that the father started a family. He made a garden, and the Bible says that he placed his son and his daughter in that garden. And obviously, you know, it's the story of Adam and Eve. And God said to him, he says, this whole garden belongs to you. I've made it for you to enjoy. He says, there's this one thing that I ask you not to do. He says, I ask you not to eat from this tree. He said, there will be consequences if you do, but everything else belongs to you. And obviously, you know the story that in time, they gave in to temptation, and the Bible says that they partook of the fruit. And at the moment of partaking of the fruit, the Bible tells us that the greatest, most fearful most deadly virus entered the earth and it's the virus of sin in fact the virus of sin has a 100 percent death rate the bible says for the wages of sin is death and the virus came and infected humanity it infected the planet and the interesting thing that we see about that story is that prior to the fall or this virus entering in the earth, the Bible tells us that the father would spend time walking with his kids in the garden, just having fellowship, just talking and having a good time interacting together. But then the Bible says that once this virus infected his kids, there came a day when the father came looking for his kids and he was calling for them and he couldn't find them. He obviously knew where they were, but the Bible says he continued to call for his kids. And finally, he said, we're here, Dad. Here we are. And he says, where have you been? And he says, we knew that we were naked. We got infected by this virus. And because of being naked, we hid ourselves. You see, one of the things that we find is that when there's a virus that comes, it leaves us vulnerable. It leaves us being scared it leaves us being left without support and wondering what the outcome might be but in this we find that it was his kids that withdrew themselves from the father not the father from them because we see in the story that the father came looking for his kids and so that's the title of my message this morning I'm walking with the father and the father's walking with me amen come on how many of you know that God wants to walk with us through the difficult times of our life even in the midst of what we're facing this day we know that God is with us God is right there beside us and he's walking through these difficult times with us you know the Bible is filled with scary stories from front to back from cover to cover we see that there are stories that tell us that God's kids have faced difficult circumstances, that they went through some difficult times. But all the while, the Bible shows us that they continued to walk with their father, and their father walked with them. As I said, I trust that at the end of this message, you're going to find that your faith has been stirred, your heart has been lifted, and that you come to a knowledge of trusting God. Listen, I make no bones about it. 
You might hear me talk real bold this message and it's not for the sake of being arrogant it's not for the sake of being conceited it's just the fact that we serve a God that says he wants to do life with us and if God be for us who can be against us who shall we fear and so just for a few moments I want to take the time just to remind you of some stories some stories that you're very familiar with stories that you've seen maybe throughout your life and maybe they've just become stories that seem like fables maybe they seem like fairy tales But I assure you, these stories are real-life situations, historical events of God's kids walking with their father and their father walking with him. And the outcome always was that God brought them through. Come on, you know that story of, of Daniel in the lion's den. You probably heard it when you was a little child. But when you begin to really search and look into the story of Daniel in the lion's den, it really brings assurance that God is on our side. If you remember that story, the Bible tells us that Daniel was a man that was just in love with God. The Bible says that he would pray three times a day just to worship his father. And the Bible says that during that day, the governors despised Daniel because of his heart towards God. And so they went to the king and they devised a plan. They said, King, why don't you set a decree that for the next 30 days, no one can worship their God no one can pray and for whatever reason he agreed to that decree and he signed the decree it almost sounds like today doesn't it and once again I'm not making light of and I'm not saying we should just throw caution to the wind and not use wisdom but we're seeing in this hour in this time that there is a mandate that is saying don't come together those of you that are believers don't come together in assembly because you just never know It's scary times that we're living in. The Bible says that the governors sat and wait and knowing that Daniel would go ahead and praise his God, sure enough, even at the decree of the king, he opened up the shutters of his windows. He went out and he began to praise his God. And so they arrested him. And they brought him to the king. And the king loved Daniel. And the Bible says, King, you signed a decree. And we've caught somebody that was praying to their God. And you know what the response is? He said, I have to honor the decree that I've made. And what I've said, those that despise or reject what I've said, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. And so sadly, he had to honor his word. And the Bible tells us that the king had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. The Bible tells us that the king was very distressed all night long, couldn't sleep, and he rose up early to go see. And the Bible says that he cried out saying, Oh, son of the most high God, are you there? And he said he heard the voice of Daniel saying, Oh, king, I'm alive and I'm well. For the angel of the Lord shut the mouths of the lions, and I'm standing whole, standing strong, in spite of what the outcome was to possibly be. I've learned to walk with my God. I've learned to walk with my father, and my father walked in this lion den with me. And the Bible tells us that he wasn't touched, not a scar, not a scratch. Why? Because he learned how to trust his God. You know, as the Bible continues to tell us in these stories that we read, 
Again, in the book of Daniel, we find the story of the three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And once again, these are those stories that you hear as a child, and sometimes as you get older, you forget about those things, but they're there for our admonishment to know that our God walks with us, that our God is faithful to go through thick and thin. And he says, I want to be with you in the challenges of life. Obviously, you realize that when it comes to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Bible says, that the king declared them to bow down before the graven image. And they said, we can't do that, king. And he says, well, if you don't bow down and worship the idol, he said, the decree is is that those that do not will be thrown into the furnace. He said, I'm going to make a barbecue chip out of you. (laughs) And so the Bible says that they refused. King, we can't do that. And this is what it says here in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. It says, If that is the case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. You see, these were young men that had walked with their father and their father had walked with them. And in the face of scary situations, in the face of being burnt to death, they said, we're going to walk with our God. And so the Bible tells us that the king stoked the fire seven times hotter And they threw them into the furnace. And the Bible says that even the soldier that threw him in, he got burned up just at getting close to the entrance of the furnace. That's how hot it was. They put him in the furnace. And then later on, the king came to see what became of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He looks into the furnace. And as he's counting them, he says, I see one, I see two, I see three. But I see a fourth man in the fire. You see, they walked into that fire because they knew who their God was. But upon walking into that fiery furnace, there was a fourth man that walked in the fire with them because they learned how to walk with their father, but their father also walked with them. Amen. And so they learned how to trust their God in the midst of scary situations. And the Bible says that they didn't even smell like smoke after being in the furnace. You see, we're facing scary times but I'm admonishing you that the God of yesterday is the same yesterday today and forever and he's there to walk by your side he's there to walk with you in the midst of difficult situations amen come on I don't know if you're serving the same God I am but I'm telling you what he is there right by your side in the midst of whatever we're facing amen there's also that story of David and Goliath and it's one of my favorite stories the Bible tells us that David was just a shepherd boy. So he was this young, possibly just a teenager. And the Bible tells us that he was off tending sheep in his father's flock. And while doing so, the Bible tells us that he learned to have fellowship with his father God. He got to know who he was. He learned how to trust him in the midst of scary situations. When the bear came, when the lion came, the Bible says that he fought them off and killed them because he knew of the faithfulness of his God. And then we see in the story that the Bible tells us that Israel went into battle against the Philistines. And the Bible says that upon going up to battle, there was one that was named Goliath, the giant of the Philistines. And the Bible says that he would come out night and day and taunt the the people of God and say, come and fight me. He said, if you beat us, We will serve you and we will bow down before you. But if we beat you, you serve us and you bow before us. 
And it says that great fear came in the hearts of God's people to where really they just became paralyzed and they didn't know what to do. And then there comes this young shepherd boy by the name of David. He's going off to see his brothers that are there in the battle lines and he's bringing them lunch. And upon him coming, he hears the giant calling out and taunting the people of God. And he raises up his voice. He says, is there not a cause? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the army of the living God? I'm telling you what, they had not seen somebody that had spoke with such faith in their God. He says, I'll go fight that giant. I mean, can you imagine this young boy? Says, I'll do it. And so the Bible says that King Saul began to try to put his armor on David and it was too large and it wasn't something he was used to and finally David says I can't go to battle this way this isn't what I'm comfortable with so the Bible says he took that which he knew his slingshot and five smooth stones and he went to face the giant and the Bible says that when he went out to face the giant the giant laughed who do you think you are you send a boy to do a man's job come on now And he says, I'm going to kill you, little boy. And then all of a sudden, David says something. He says, you come at me with sword and spear, but I come at you in the name. I come at you in the name. I come at you in the name of the God most high. And he says, today, I'm going to take your head. Today, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. Today is the day that you go down. Why? Because he entered up to that battle line walking not only with his father but knowing that his father was walking with him. I find it interesting and sometimes it's almost disheartening because we read those stories and we preach about those stories and people just say, yes, praise the Lord. What character of faith. What great men of God. And we champion the cause of how they stood and faced the circumstances. But it almost seems as though it's a taboo thing these days to stand up and be bold in the God in which we serve. I've been bold to say some things in regards to this coronavirus that we're facing. And I've never said anything to make light of it. As I've said, we know that it's a real thing. We know that it's something that we have to use wisdom in. But it is not something that we have to fear because we know who our God is. I've stood and proclaimed the word of God and I've said our God still is the one that goes before us. I've said the blood of Jesus is still our banner. The name of Jesus bows the name of every disease. And I've said it simply for the sake of encouraging people's faith. But I've had people come back and say, you're being a bully. You're being judgmental. You're being arrogant and conceited. You're shaming people. And that was never the intent. That was never my heart because I realize what we're facing is a real thing. But I'm sorry that people took that the wrong way, but I will never apologize in the power of God's word. I will never apologize for the power of God's blood or Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus. I'll never apologize for the word of God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is forever settled in heaven. Praise God. I believe that our God still goes with us and goes before us. Amen. And I refuse to back down and coward to sickness and disease. 
And please hear me. I, again, I want to emphasize that I am not trying to make light of what we're facing. But I'm here to tell you that our God is greater than all. He's the God in which we serve. And if you're listening today, and if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm telling you, he is a God that goes with you, and he has gone before you. Amen? As I said, I just want to share some stories with you concerning what God has said in his word. And obviously, you know the story of the Gospels of Jesus. One of the things that the Bible tells us concerning Jesus is that Jesus was coming to preach the good news, that there was salvation that was coming. But he also said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Over in Luke's gospel, it says that I've come to heal the sick and mend the brokenhearted. And so throughout the entire ministry of Jesus, we see him healing the sick. In fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Come on, say all. He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. There was not anything too big for Jesus. And so therefore, we know that one of the reasons he came was to heal those that were sick in body. And one of the things that you also have to understand is that when Jesus came, not only did he come as the Son of God, but he came as being 100% man. One of the things that we know about Jesus is that Jesus healed the leper. If you know anything about leprosy, in that day it was a death sentence if you got leprosy. It was a highly contagious disease and if you received the leprosy you were going to die it was a sure death sentence but we see that the scripture tells us that Jesus healed the leper did he not know it was contagious was he not afraid to get around those that were sick no because he knew that whenever he ministered to the sick he went with the father but the father also went with him Amen? How about the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible tells us that the woman with the issue of blood was extremely contagious. By law, you were not supposed to be with other people. It wasn't even a six-foot distance of separation. You just needed to be quarantined and off to yourself because you were very contagious. But the Bible says that she heard about Jesus, that she said, if I get to where Jesus is, I'll be made well. And the Bible says that she went to find where he was and touched the hem of his garment and was made whole from that very moment. Once again, we see the healing power of God and it was the will of God in action that he healed the sick. And I don't say this to be sarcastic and I don't say it to be insensitive. But upon that woman touching Jesus, we don't see Jesus going off for the next 14 days being quarantined saying, well, you just never know whether or not I'm going to get sick. No, he knew who his father was. He knew that he walked with his father and that his father walked with him. And I'm telling you, your father walks with you as well. Notice what the Bible tells us here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you are of God, little children. He says, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. 
He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I said, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Who's on the inside of you? Jesus is the one who is and is to come. The one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. That's the one that lives on the inside of me. So wherever I go, whether I go to the market, whether I go to the workplace, whether I go to church, the greater one walks in with me because I walk with my Father and my Father walks with me. There's no fear because I know that the greater one is with me. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. And once again, not to be insensitive, but you'll hear people say, well, you just never know. You just never know. But listen, I want to assure you, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say, you just never know. No, we have a blessed assurance that the Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and amen. And people might say, well, pastor, you're talking awful bold right now. Aren't you afraid that the devil might hear you? No, I'm telling you, I'm saying it for his benefit. Because the Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. And the greater one lives on the inside. I said we walk with the Father and the Father walks with us. Amen. Let me remind you of what the Bible says. Now, again, here's where the rub comes. Because we have the scripture. Psalms 91, it says that no plague shall come near your home. The Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. The Bible says that if two are gathered in his name, then he's in the midst of him. If he's in the midst of us, why do we fear? Here's why, I, or, or here's what the scripture tells us concerning why fear so often grips the heart of people. In Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 1. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, everybody say, his rest. See, there's a promise for us to enter his rest. But then it goes on to say, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Verse 2 says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we do have believed and do enter his rest just as he said. You see, why is it that we don't find the rest that the Scripture declares belongs to us? Is because we hear of the gospel stories. We hear of the stories of God's victories walking with his kids. But we don't take it to heart and mix faith with it. Yes, we have to use wisdom. Yes, we have to use common sense. But the greater one lives in you and me. In John chapter 15, these are the words of Jesus starting in verse 7. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. By this your Father is glorified. What? By you asking and he giving you the desires of your heart. God, I thank you that I'm healthy and whole. I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you that the greater one lives on the inside of me. I thank you that no harm shall come nigh. No plague will come near my home. Why? Because you are faithful to your word and your word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. If I can, I just want to wind this down by just sharing a couple stories or testimonies, if you will, of people that have been our, in our church over the last several years and just recent actually 
Last year, probably toward the fall of last year, there was two individuals in our church, one of which was having some heart issues. And he started to go to the doctor and they set up some tests for him. And so one of these particular tests was to put him through a stress test. And they came into the room. There was three doctors that looked puzzled. And they said, listen, we've been looking at some results here. Do not take this stress test because if you get this or, or take this stress, stress test or get on the treadmill, you'll surely die because your heart can't handle it. So they scheduled for uh, an appointment ahead of time, and it was on a Monday. They said, upon the results of what we see, we're going to go into your heart and possibly install nine stents within your heart because your heart is getting hardly any blood or any oxygen to your body and so that Sunday before the Monday the wife came to me and she says hey pastor will you will you pray for my husband because we're going in tomorrow and we said sure let's pray now once again if I'm going to pray I'm going to pray boldly and just believe that the God in which we serve is going to show up and show off and so we prayed for him there in the midst of our auditorium and then the next day he went in for the procedure and so then it was probably sometime in the afternoon I was driving down to Ann Arbor because I was going to go pay a visit because he would have been through his procedure at that time and so I made a phone call to his wife and I said hey just wanted to let you know I'm coming down she goes oh no 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 don't come down I said well I'm already halfway there she goes no don't come down she says they went in and they were going to put the stents in but when they got in there they found that everything was 100% clear they don't need anything in fact they're sending us home right now Woo, come on, I'm telling you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm telling you what, if God be for us, who can be against us? Why should we fear? I said we walk with our father, and our father walks with us. There was another gentleman, again, shortly around in that time. He had had some trouble with his lungs just over the years, and so he had went to the doctor as well. And they took some tests, and they found something within his lungs they said based on the test and, and the x-rays it was a mass or a tumor of something of that nature and so we just said hey why don't we pray about that thing and so sure enough we did we prayed and we did our part and God did his part he went into the doctor they started to look once again and they said well we don't know where it went we know what where it was we know it was but now it's all gone you can go home and go on about your business I'm telling you our God is faithful our God is forever true, and he's the God that wants to stand by you. Amen? And finally, just this past Sunday, as we wound down the service, there was a gentleman that came up after service, and he said, hey, pastor, he said, listen, he said, my mom, she is well up into her years, and she has been ailing for a long time, and They've told us she was in the hospital, and she said they told us that she's probably got two hours to two days to live. And she said with all the virus and the corona stuff going on, they won't let us into the hospital. And so he says, man, I'm afraid that I won't be able to say goodbye to my mom. In addition to that, he said, we have been feuding with the family. And he says, I have not seen my mother for the last six months. And partly my family, because of the feud, were just not getting together. And so I said, well, why don't we pray about that? And so we prayed. We prayed a simple prayer, and we said, God, I thank you that you're restoring unity within this family, that you're bringing about restoration in Jesus' name. Three days later on Wednesday, he called me. 
He said, hey, pastor. He said, they brought mom home. He said, the family wants to know if you'll come over and pray. When I got there, the whole family was together. So I thought, wow, this is something that I didn't expect to see. And then they said, well, why don't you come on in and pray for mom? And so I sat there next to her bed. I said, hi, honey, how you doing? I said, they've asked me to pray for you, and so I'm just going to pray. And she was kind of awake and kind of in and out there. And so I just began to pray for her. And then as I began to pray, I said, honey, I don't know if you've ever made Jesus the Lord of your life. I said, but as I pray, I'm going to pray a prayer for you to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And if you would like to do that, you just pray along with me. I said, you don't have to pray out loud. I said, but as I pray, you can just pray it in your heart. And so I led her in a salvation prayer. And then I prayed just a little bit more for the restoration of the family and said amen. And upon saying amen, the mother reached out her hand and took mine asked to say thank you and it just bore witness in my heart that in that moment she prayed and made Jesus the Lord of her life after I prayed with the family and the mother I went out into the living room with the gentleman that's from our church and as we're sitting there he begins to weep he said we prayed about this on Sunday he said God has restored my family he said, we have come together and we've been able to make men's and I've got to see my mom before she went home. And he grabbed me by the hand and he just began to weep. In that moment, it blessed my heart because as I walked into that house, I walked in with my father and my father walked in there with me. When I walked in that room, they didn't take my temperature. They didn't ask me who I had been around. They didn't ask me, have I been exposed? All they wanted was an encounter with God. When I walked in there, I didn't look at a family and say, are you sick? Are you, have you been exposed? No, I went in there with a mission, knowing that my father walks with me, and Jesus is going to become Lord in this home. And upon going into that family, we've seen that there was restoration, that there was a miracle that took place simply because God is faithful my heart for you today is that if you've been in fear know that God is right beside you and the Bible says cast all your cares upon the Lord because he affectionately cares for you you don't have to be afraid in a moment I'm going to pray for you but if you just happen to be watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life if you heard me talking about the confidence of walking with God and knowing with God and having a surety of not having to be in fear. But you say, I don't know that God. I've never asked Jesus into my heart. I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you don't know how bad I've been, the mistakes I've made, and, and I've just been too far away from God. Listen, you can never get too far away from God. And if you're watching and you say, I want to make things right with God, when I pray, you just pray right along with me. So once again, if you're saying, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, or I just want to restore my relationship with him, and I want to come back into fellowship and be reunited with my father so that I can walk with my father and that he can walk with me, will you just pray this prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he paid the price for the virus of sin. 
the sin that I've lived and the sin that I've had have separated me from you. But Lord, I choose right now to ask Jesus into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. And we said, Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, I assure you Jesus has become the Lord of your life. And He wants to know you. Listen, if you're watching and you would like some information, we would like to send you a pack just so that it can help you in this journey of walking with God, of learning to know your Father. You can contact us at info at gvchurch.tv. You can call the church office. We're open all week long. And we'll be sure to get you that information so that you can begin this journey in your walk with God. And one last thing before we sign off. If you're watching and you've had sickness and disease in your body, if you're sitting there and you seem like you have been overcome by fear, I want to pray for you. Because in this moment, God's going to set you free. You're going to see that those things that have held you back, the things that have held you captive in fear, you're going to feel it lifted. And I'm going to speak to those sicknesses, and we're going to take authority over those in Jesus' name. So if that's you, you just get ready to receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that is watching right now that might be fearful, that seems to be overwhelmed by the news in the media. In Jesus' name, I pray right now that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their heart and their mind from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. Those that are sick in body, those that have ailments, those that have even been given a death sentence in Jesus' name. We take authority over that right now. We command health and healing in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, if that was you, and you say, listen, I know God did something, man. Fear left me. My body's changed. Something happened. Let us know because, man, we want to rejoice with you. Amen. Listen, we've been so privileged to be able to come into your homes today. And obviously next week and maybe the week after, we'll be doing the same. So stay tuned. Be looking for us. And we can't wait till the next time that we get to walk with our Father and have our Father walk with us. God bless. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life